0: Hey everybody, Jack here. What you're about to listen to is not a regular Yeah But Still episode. Um, it's also not a special. This is um, an interview I did with uh, four activists who were involved in the Washington, D.C. protest throughout the last several weeks. But specifically, they were involved in a night that probably many of you heard about where the police in D.C. basically boxed in hundreds of protesters and trapped them overnight, arresting most of them. But some of them were sheltered in the home of one man named Rahul, and one of our listeners was actually there in the guy's house. So he hit me up and uh, told me he's willing to talk about it, and he brought along three friends that he met uh, during the protest. So this is a conversation that I had with all three of them. This was originally going to be part of our Patreon episode this week, but I figured I'll just throw it on the main feed. It uh, It was a lot longer than I anticipated, and I think it's super interesting so without further ado, here's the conversation I have with Brandon, Michael, Beatrice, and Eric. All right, everybody, Jack here. I have with me four activists that were involved in the Washington, D.C. protests, specifically the night that I think a lot of people saw in the news. You guys were all there together the night that the police were really kind of corralling all of the protesters into a box. I, re- I want you guys to tell the story. There's four of you here. Um, so maybe, maybe it's best if you just start by introducing yourselves one by one.
1: Okay, I'll I'll go first. My name is Beatrice. I was arrested that night. Missed out on the house excitement. Live in D.C. right now with my family. And Monday was the second night I was out protesting.
0: And you guys didn't know each other at all before this, right?
1: No, no, none no. of us knew each other. I think.
0: No. So you guys met at the protest. That's kind of wild.
1: Yes.
2: Yes.
0: All right. Wow. Well, go ahead and um, go ahead and continue introducing yourselves.
2: Uh, I'm Brandon Brown. I was arrested at the protest. Yeah, I think that was my second night out. It was not my last night. Yeah, no, I wish I knew about Rolls House at the time because I definitely would have preferred to be in there.
3: (laughs) I can go next. My name is Michael Broyles. I also got arrested uh, last Monday in the kettle that happened on Swan Street here in D.C. Yeah, and that sucked.
0: And then Eric, last but not least. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm Eric.
4: Um, so so I, I did make it into Rahul's house, and that was my uh, second time protesting.
0: I don't know who wants to start, but I mean, what happened that day? If you guys can give me a walkthrough of, of what was happening at the protest and um, what led to the situation where... I mean, it's, it sounds kind of bizarre. From reading about all this in Los Angeles, it was just kind of like surreal to read about protesters seeking refuge in a citizen's house. It's like the fact that we even got to that place where American citizens are hiding from the police just for out, being out protesting is very strange. But um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we should start from the beginning even though I don't know what the beginning is. So is one of you wanna take, take, go ahead and start?
1: Sure, I can uh, jump in on that. So yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, obviously, the beginning would be Minneapolis, I think, the killing of George Floyd and the protests kind of turning maybe a little bit more uh, exciting than people thought they might um, that Tuesday. For DC, I think that weekend, like May 30th, May 31st, would be kind of what precipitated all the stuff that went down on I would say, I guess, Monday night. So that Saturday and Sunday, there were, I guess, a couple of minor instances of, I don't know, some looting in Georgetown, maybe. There was, I think everyone saw a fire set in the first floor of the AFL-CIO building. There was some vandalism on the Ronald Reagan building, which I don't know that anyone was actually upset about. (laughs) There was a fire, I think, across the street, maybe from a J.P. Morgan building, minor stuff like that. And pretty immediately the response was really heavily militarized. I think you can see it more in DC than any other place in the US. I mean, Minneapolis obviously was really, they called in the National Guard, but um, in DC, because we're not a state, they can pretty much call whoever they want on us. So I think at one point, maybe Monday they had out, like uh, Customs and Border Patrol, they called out like actual military personnel, they had out the park police, they had out um, US marshals, they had out DEA. Um, I could go on and on. I think almost any like major law enforcement agency you can think of in the country they had out on the streets of DC. I mean, they had armored vehicles, there were people in military uniforms on um, multiple blocks leading up to the White House. So on Sunday, they had cleared out some of the protesters out of Lafayette Park with tear gas. And then that Monday they declared a 7 p.m. curfew. Sunday they called an 11 p.m. curfew. I don't think anyone really got swept up in that too much. But Monday they called a 7 p.m. curfew and I don't think anyone really was taking it that seriously, I, I know I wasn't, um, or at least it wasn't going to seriously deter anyone from taking to the streets. We've, I think probably most of us felt like that would be ridiculous to let them tell us to stay home when I think there's a lot of feeling in the air and it was just not going to happen. And I think we all saw, I think uh, the next day, so people had protested at the White House. There were a couple of different groups. I personally started in dupont circle at a rally in memory of tony mcdade who was a black trans man killed in tallahassee florida and a lot i think a lot of different meetings across the city kind of make their way to the white house everyone kind of meets up in front of the white house because if you're processing in dc that's kind of one of the main places you would want to end up yeah the group i was with kind of circled around the white house and then kept going up about 13th street but the people who were in front of the White House and in Lafayette Park were cleared out by tear gas so that Trump could get a photo op in St. John's Church. But I think everyone was really rightfully mad about um, the next day they were, there was tear gas, there was um, flash banks used on those, again, peaceful protesters, although I don't really think that's a distinction that matters that much. They used, yeah, like military-grade chemical weapons on them, clear them out so that they could get a photo op in a church. My group, and I'm assuming everyone here at this point, kind of continued up more into... Not the residential part of D.C., but places where people actually lived, kind of continuing up like a big main two-lane road. And at a certain point in the night, I think, the curfew was at 7, so probably around a little after 6, we encountered a line of police up the street who wouldn't let us through, and the group kind of tried to turn back. There's another line of police behind us, they flash us, I think at least two or three times, like a couple, and I'm, I'm sure your audience knows by now, everyone's seen the videos, but it's a very, very loud sound and a very bright flash.
0: What was that like in person?
1: say terrifying i don't know for everyone else but this the sound is genuinely like sounds like it's like an explosion going off but there's no shrapnel i guess yeah 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 if you've if you've seen any of the videos i think seattle has had some good examples of like what the tear gas clouds look like and what the flashbangs sound like but when you're up in person near the front of where they're setting those off it pretty much feels like they're throwing an explosion at you. Um, and that was in response to, I think, maybe a half empty water bottle being thrown at them. And these are guys in, of course, like riot helmets, riot shields, literal US marshals, like actually military personnel, throwing flashbangs at children. I mean, the people I was with up near the front where there were kids on bikes, there were kids on skateboards. Couldn't have been older than like 13, a lot of them. And of course, everybody else too. No one deserves to have that stuff thrown at them, but they were literal kids in that crowd. So that kind of, at that point, those flashbangs and the two lines of police kind of pushed people off that main street. And we continued down towards what were narrower streets and a more residential section of the city. Things got more chaotic at that point because I think our group was started off maybe... Couple hundred people, 300 people, maybe. And then as you're forced into those more narrow streets, it gets harder to maneuver. So we continued up those streets and again ran into like some lines of police who kind of blocked off our access to getting back into a less residential area to like ever exiting those parts of the neighborhood. Continued up, turned onto um, Swan Street off of 15th Street. There was a big line of bike cops who had pulled up at the end of this road, I think probably um, on 14th Street, blocked off that road, blocked off the alleys. The whole group tried to turn back. They had blocked us off at 15th Street. So at that point, we were Pretty much kettled and trapped, and I want to say also to emphasize how dangerous that was. I mean, I know there's a lot, been a lot of um, news about kettling recently because it's a, a strategy they've been using on protesters in New York, I think all over the country. But of course, it is like a strategy to contain riots. But what it does is force what I would say were several hundred people into a really confined space, and also made people panic. Again, there were young people there. People try to start like running back and forth, trying to find a way out of that really small area, and. I mean, in my opinion, they really could have hurt someone badly. I was worried that they were going to cause a stampede. I mean, people were, like, all covering the sidewalks, covering the street. And at that point, they had us pretty well hemmed in between, like, 14th and 15th Street. And then started pressing that line in further. And then I'll leave it to Eric, I think, to talk about what happened as people tried to find a way out of that situation.
0: Yeah, and when did you guys meet each other during all this?
2: So I think I didn't really – we haven't really, like, officially met yet. I saw you guys – when we were in holding but that was pretty much it and then we all like have a whatsapp chat and then we dove off into like a smaller whatsapp chat for this so it's all like still kind of i guess we're having a reunion on saturday but i might be at work i don't know um (laughs) still haven't met a lot of the people per se
4: okay yeah well what happened was like so like chaotic that i don't know who started like the whatsapp chat but somehow like it got passed around and that's how i got in contact with all of you all but your faces look familiar to me uh yes
3: yeah (laughs) even with the (laughs) masks we all have on (sighs) yeah i feel like i'm I'm
0: hosting like one of those reality show uh recaps where i have like i'm like the random guy interviewing the cast of like the bachelorette or something (laughs) but uh, I, i wasn't part of the show i'm just like the guy that watched it and is now interviewing you um (laughs) but yeah a a real dark version of that but anyway continue
4: i also want to say like at least like from my perspective like on monday night when this happened like that was like definitely the most chill protest out of all the ones i saw like beatrice said it was like like someone like threw like one water bottle so I thought it was kind of an overreaction to like box in this crowd in the street. So I was like on one end, like kind of close to the line of police and like there there was literally a kid like I actually am just like trying to get home right now. But like no one, like none of the police were listening. We didn't, like they sort of out of nowhere, like started closing in and like doing the whole thing where like they in unison chant, move back. And I didn't know that they didn't like say anything about like, hey, it's a curfew. You guys should go home. They just came at us they have like these like riot shields they're like swinging at us i personally didn't see anyone using batons but i they had batons on them there was like definitely a lot of pepper spray going off i guess like i guess i like, could just talk about like what happened at the house um so for me i was like moving back and then i saw i like turned around and saw people behind me like like running up like these porches and the what like the house that i was right next to it was like a flood of people going in i didn't know at the time who lived in that house but i was like all right like i don't like I had like the worst case scenario flashing in my head when like police were closing in and people were like screaming and stuff and like so I was like all right I'm gonna go inside this house. When I went inside the like pepper spray I felt like got worse like when I went inside the house and when I went in it was like super crowded and I like, made my way um, upstairs and then I was like oh shit like if it's a gas inside the house like it's probably gonna be worse and also if like the police bust in here like it's probably not wise to be upstairs
0: so was this like a random house to you at that point or what was it there were people running in
4: yeah yeah so there, there, were, there were a ton of people running in I was probably one of the, the last groups like make it in the house was there like um, a guy
0: like waving you in or were you just like I need to get somewhere what was it going through your mind
4: no, no, I, I heard I heard Rahul. I, I didn't recognize him. Like obviously I know he was a resident at the time, but like he like someone like held the door open and was like telling people to get in. And I saw got it, got a it. couple houses next to him also letting in people. But like I didn't like fully like process that I didn't like fully process what was going on until like a few hours. I was like in the house. Like I like for me, like I was just like on like adrenaline mode, just like trying to like make it to safety. So like I'm upstairs but, like I go down and like when I looked into the living room it was like such a crazy scene like they're like people that were like by the windows were like coughing their lungs out and like like rubbing their eyes and stuff and it was like you know it was it was like pure chaos apparently like someone like some of the neighbors end up passing like milk like through the backyard fences um to take care of like everyone that was like you know like fucked up by the pepper spray or whatever inside and and so yeah like that was probably like the first like couple of hours and then like like, probably 30 minutes in, the, the the resident, Rahul, he told us to, like, take pictures of his business cards and <laughs> post them on social media because like, there were, like, rumors, like, around that, like, protesters were, like, kicking in people's doors and, like, breaking into people's houses. Like, I didn't see anyone run into, like, anyone's houses until, like, the doors were being swung open. And, like, as, as far as I can see, like, on the news, like, like, no one, like, broke into anyone's houses. Like, everyone that yeah. asked to like, go inside someone's
0: house was, like respectful how um, many people were in there would you say
4: oh probably like like 70 to 80 whoa and how big is the house uh it, it's probably like yeah you know, like for dc it's a big house but it was probably like the size of like a small apartment i don't know probably like
0: yeah like I, like I, I, maybe a better way to do this is like how crowded was this is this like college party crowded or is this like family christmas par- crowded like wall-to-wall it sounds yeah. surreal, because, I mean, yeah. it's weird to have a lot of people in your house at all, but especially when you're, like, usually, like, prepare <laughs> for prepare for it, you know? Like, you kind of, like, get it ready for a bunch of people to come over, and all of a sudden, like, there's, like, 70 people in your house. That's That must have been surreal.
4: Oh, yeah. It, it was definitely crowded. Like, it was, like, like, every, like, floor was, like, packed, and, like, the backyard had, like, a good amount of people in it, too. And, like, yeah, also, it was, like, complete strangers, which was probably, like, wild for him to do. He, like, didn't give a shit. Like, people, like, didn't. You know, like, when we first, like, ran in, like, obviously the house was, like, dirty as fuck and, like, you know, like, things were, like, broken. He, like, he didn't, he really did not care. Yeah, it was actually pretty crazy was that, like, after, like, probably the first, like, couple of hours, like, every room in the house was, like specialized for like a purpose like like the like sort of like, living room like kind of by the front by the windows was like we're like all like the more experienced activists were and they were like talking to media and like contacting um legal observers because people were being arrested outside so i was like an activist in the hub and like the backyard was sort of like people you talk really loudly at like vent about like what just happened and like the other rooms were sort of like people that like needed like a quiet space like the basement everyone was just like down there like sleeping so, like, that was, like, pretty cool to see, you know? It was, like, a group of strangers, and it was, like, pretty much, like, a representative from, like, it was, like, someone from every single race in there, like, every single, like, background in America. And, like, after the first couple hours, like, surprisingly, like, everyone got along, like, really well. So, that was, like, really cool to see.
0: How long were you guys there? So, yeah, so we were all there until, until
4: 6 a.m. Wow. When the curfew was lifted. So, Rahul, like, first of all, like the, entire, like, the entire time we were inside the house, like, it was, like, surrounded by, like, this like, geared up police so Rahul like didn't let anyone leave if you walked out you would probably be arrested because you're technically violating curfew and like given like what I had just seen it seemed like it was going to be like a pretty like if you try to like leave the house like run like it'd probably be like pretty aggressive arrest if you know what I'm saying so it was uh yeah we were in there till till 6 a.m wow throughout the night too like the cops were like trying to like find different ways like get in the house like at first he like told Rahul to like step out of the house and then he didn't because he was like oh they might arrest me and then you guys just like <laughs> alone in this house like like no one that lives there then they like told him to get everyone to like walk out and then they said like everyone would be safe but it was like dude like there's like hundreds of people being arrested outside like obviously like no one's gonna fucking believe that they also probably like probably, it's probably three hours in they like pulled a move where they walked up to the house and they said that they needed to go inside because someone inside the house called 911 for medical emergencies, which is like obviously not true. And like Rahul like asked, like no one called 911. There's also a guy in there who was like seemed like a pretty experienced activist who had like like the like red crosses on his shirt that was like had like first aid stuff on him. Another time like police had come to the backyard like super low key and were like trying to talk to people like through the backyard fence to to like coax them out and to, like, have a conversation with them. And so, like, that was just, like, the few ways, like, they tried to, like... so strange,
0: man. It sounds, like it sounds like a dream. sounds like It's surreal. It sounds like something, like, a nightmare, you know? With, like, the yeah. cops, like, talking through the fence, you know? It's, uh... Um... Oh, it was,
4: it was fucking weird.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, the details like... of it are weird, because it's, like... I mean, I heard the story on the news and everything, but the little details are the weirdest parts, where it's, like, like the police, like, not leaving and trying to, like, trick people into coming out yeah it sounds like a strange horror movie
4: right and the, like the whole time we we're inside like we we're like watching people outside get arrested so like that like wasn't like helping at all like i like you know like i don't know like yeah sure maybe the cops were like in good faith just trying to like talk to us or like get us to, like walk out but it was like like dude like <laughs> we don't have any reason like to believe you about any of this shit like <laughs> so at some point uh this is like another like highlight i don't know i like, like another like Key moment was like rahul like ordered some pizza first time they tried to make a delivery like i think the police like intercepted the pizza and did not allow it to be delivered which is like wild mm-hmm. it's like literally just a pizza delivery like if you just set aside everything else and then he tried to order pizza again and the dc chief of police had to like walk up to the front door and like negotiate like the best way for the pizza to be delivered like in the most like secure way i guess um <laughs> Which is like, you know, absurd. And so first he suggested that one of the police officers come and bring the pizza to us. And I remember like everyone in the house like shouting back like, no, like hell no. Like like that sounds like super sketchy. I remember like one kid that was there. He was like, he was like, yeah, like you can bring the pizza inside if you take off all of your right gear and if you like walk into this house by yourself, Uh, which I thought was pretty funny. What ended up happening was (laughs) we had to get a, a lawyer, like a legal observer to meet like one of the cops, like in like the back alley, and like get the pizza there. Like the, the the delivery driver had to like give the pizza to a police officer. The police officer, the pizza officer, the police officer, excuse me, had to give a pizza to this lawyer, and then the lawyer had to like walk this pizza down this alley to like then hand to us over like the backyard fence, which is like so insane like it was
0: that's literally so just a pizza weird by Mom. the way shout out shout duchini's pizza i think is the name michael just sent that in our chat duchini's pizza i mean yeah D- also i wish maybe the name's in here i wish i could i wish there was a delivery guy i could shout out because i was a pizza delivery person and i've done some wild deliveries but that's <laughs> i mean can you imagine?
1: Yeah, that's like a reverse escape from new york getting yeah. the pizza to the house that's pretty crazy <laughs>
0: I did one in a (laughs) flood once, but I mean, past police lines and negotiating with uh, the chief of police is a whole other situation. Yeah, seriously. So wait, one more question about the house before I hear from the rest of the group. I mean, yeah, you guys were there for so long. I mean, everything sounds intense. Was there any moments where like any just surreal moments of calm or just something really unusual? that you saw in the house or? Uh, Eric
3: can talk uh, about the house first, sorry.
4: Surreal moments of calm. I guess there, there were a few moments where like, you like we were like, just sort of forget the police were like outside, like staring at us. So like people started like sharing their personal experiences um, yeah, around like racism and police brutality. There were some like, like really, really like young like young people in there I, i'm not sure if they were minors or not so i don't want to say um like one of them like facetimed their mom and they're like yo mom like look at all these friends like new friends I made in quarantine uh, <laughs> that was like pretty that was pretty surreal because like I, yeah like, this is like all this is happening like during a pandemic and like i was like talking about this event, and i was like dude like we really did like like we were like really like stuck in a house with a bunch of strangers like and like most of them were coughing their lungs out from pepper spray
0: oh like, god yeah morning. i didn't even think about that
4: yeah so that was pretty crazy but yeah like there were like a few moments of calm but like honestly like not really like i like the whole time like like i personally like and most people were just like anxiously like looking out the window like yeah like because it felt like at any moment the police were just gonna like bust in
3: um, totally so michael what were you gonna say i was just gonna mention that um back outside in the kettle while people were slowly getting arrested bit by bit there was a point where people were like all right. So, like, they just busted out their Bluetooth speakers and their backpacks. And we were just like, I think there's some James Brown and some Kendrick getting played on the street. And it just, we just turned into a block party while we all waited to get arrested. Because- Honest to
2: God, that was the worst moment of a lot of it. Because at one point, I was like, I'm not trying to get arrested. Listen to fucking Meat Mill. Like, <laughs> like-, <laughs> <laughs> like- we just turned that shit off. <laughs> it, was yeah. the, Brandon, it was the worst.
0: Where were you during this? What was your experience of that night?
2: Uh, so I got off work because we closed early and we boarded up everything. And I was heading to a friend's house. And my coworker was like, let's go to the protests. So we're walking on 14th and uh, we join up with this group past the White House, past, like, Freedom and Pulaski, come back up 14, you know, the kettle thing happens. You know, they start, they can't move back, move back, they pepper spray us, and I lost my coworker and the whole, like, dig of everything, because I remember, like, getting pepper sprayed, and I was like, what is this thing on my mouth? And it was just, like, burning, and I was like, oh, that's pepper spray, I know what that is now. So I was just, like, lost, like, trying to find my co-workers, and I didn't realize with all that happened. And I'm just like, all right, I'm like getting settled in. And then it's just like, I'm coming to the realization that we're all gonna get arrested. I'm just like looking around and trying to stay calm and like let my friends know what was going on. Finally, like I charged my phone for a little bit from a stranger, thank you, whoever that was. People like let me know they're like, yeah, like I see what's happening on like Swan street. Uh, you guys are kettled in, they're taking away people one by one. And I was like, all right, cool. Like kind of see that's going to happen. And then contacted my friends at Lowell's house. So it was kinda like settled and I was like, all right, you know, whatever happens, happens. They're you know, like I didn't realize how long of a process it was i to take from the rest of this all and it was a fucking hellacious process. I like hindsight, I should have volunteered uh to go earlier. But like me being stubborn, I was like, I'm just gonna wait till they come and take me. And like I'm a chef, so I have like knives in my bag. So that was something else that oh, kinda shit. freaked me yeah. out. Cause I was like, look, I have knives in my bag. Like every cop that touched me, I was like, this is my bag of knives. Like, I'm not going to touch them. Like, just like, I need them for work, blah, blah, blah. And then they, uh, you know, they take us off to Blue Plains or like Blue Plains, it's like, kind of like out in like the furthest reaches of Washington, DC corner where nobody goes. Like they have a fire department there. Uh, It's like a police academy thing. It's where they take us. And they're holding us outside for hours. I guess I got arrested with, like, a group of younger people not been arrested before. Um, And so they're like, oh, our handcuffs are too tight, blah, blah, blah. They can't keep us outside for too long. Like, I'm like, look, they just fucking killed a man on TV. Like, they can do whatever they want. You know what I mean? Like, your handcuffs being too tight are nothing of, like, importance to them at all. So... Uh, and then we're outside for maybe what, Michael? Like four or five hours before we even get inside. Yeah. And then uh, my favorite part is they don't let you know what the next process is. And so we get to the one like room where like it seems like we're going to be like let go, <laughs> and uh, they stick us in this tiny room with probably like a hundred people in it with blue mats on the floor. And they're like, do your best to social distance. And
3: important. Sorry, important. Sorry, go on.
2: Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, It was like literally three inches of space between all of us in this tiny room.
3: Yeah, uh, it's important to clarify that, like, this is this room is a classroom in a fake elementary school called Woodland Elementary, where they practice school shooting scenarios in the oh, police what? academy. So that was their makeshift detention room for like over fifty people per like the gender exclusive room that they had.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, that's insane.
2: Yeah, and then uh, I remember. The pepper spray getting reactivated when I was in that room and like there was really they had nowhere for us like wash our hands Uh, the bathroom was a porta potty which is whatever Uh, but like there's only hand sanitizer and I'm just like dying trying to like get this shot of my eye because like it just reactivates like randomly like do like yawns and like tears and stuff.
0: It's like sticks yeah
2: yeah it was a not a great experience Oh, and Man. they fed us peanut butter sandwiches If huh. you're lucky enough to get one. And so oh, we, we got ham and butter.
3: cheese oh, I, you got I must there have been early. a little Yeah, yeah, <laughs> got there, we got, got the there good early. stuff Yeah How long you guys in there?
2: When I got there
0: How long were you uh, Detained?
2: Like, um, when did they finally
0: let you guys out?
2: I got arrested I want to say at 11-ish And I was in their custody between like 11.30 to about 8 in the morning. Wow. Before we got out. Yeah, because I I got to my house
3: at like 8.30. I was about an hour ahead of Brandon, it sounds like. And like bearing in mind that we spent about two or three hours on Swan Street before we were even like brought into, before they even booked us. So Just like cuffed sitting there? In the detention room, it yeah. was, it was pretty interesting actually. There's, it was like a good crowd, you know, cause like everyone's like there for the same reason. One guy's like, so what are you in for, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's like, uh, at that point, like the gender exclusive deta- detention room is like the best boys, chat ever essentially you know <laughs> like that that's really what it like winds up being you just got like everyone was either just like activism philosopher mode or they're just like hooting and hollering and riffing with each other the whole time so yeah it was a lot of fun honestly
0: <laughs> beatrice what when did you get arrested? you got arrested right
1: yes i got arrested um but I think, yeah, the the gender split was real um, for this one because they started arresting, um, they called for males first. I think probably, I want to emphasize how much of this experience was like extreme terror followed by a lot of waiting around.
0: Yeah. Um, which
1: is really unpleasant in terms of, I don't know, emotional, like back and forth, because you get real high, they're flashbanging you, they're, they're chanting in unison, move back, you kind of feel like you don't know what's going to happen to you, and then you have to sit there for three hours as you come down, and then they start arresting you, and you kind of go up again, and then you're sitting on the bus for an hour, and it kind of goes down, but um, they started calling for males. I think. Um, I think Michael was read right about that, probably around 10.30. So we were kettled at that point for nearly three hours. We got kettled about half an hour after curfew. Again, ridiculous. They started arresting the boys, got through almost all of them, and then started arresting women. And I got arrested. I did not get the zip tie handcuffs put on me until probably about 1.30 in the morning. Jesus. Um, yeah, so I have been out there... I mean, obviously I've been out there since like 5 p.m. that day protesting. We had been on Swan Street at that point for um, over maybe maybe six hours. They zip tied a bunch of us, a bunch like all of the women. They put us on a prison transport van and we sat in that van for probably about another hour. Then they, again, yeah, took us to the processing facility. There was a lot of waiting to have our picture taken. There was a lot of waiting to go inside. Then there was, they let us, I thought we were being let out. Brennan was saying they led us to a white room with a padded blue floor. Again, very much like, I don't know, like we were being black-sided or something. Like no one told us we were were going. No one told us what time it was. No one told us like what the next step would be. No one knew what was going on. Um, And I think, I don't know if there was a big gender split, but the room I was in had about 30 other women in it. And I'm not, to my knowledge, there was not another large group of women. So I don't, I don't know why the protest group was so split by gender. But yeah, I ended up again in a small room with way too many people to social distance. And my cohort got out um, at exactly ten a.m. that day. Mm. Yeah, so that's that's how long we were detained Jesus for. Um.
0: Did any of you guys go out thinking it was going to be an all night affair? I know Brandon no, didn't. He had no. his chef knives.
2: <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I like. Uh, I called my friend when it all like went down, and I was like, "Hey, so I'm not coming over because uh, I'm getting arrested. So I'll, so I'll talk to you when I can." Yeah, no, it was um, not not the night I expected at all. Luckily, I was off the next day, which kind of worked in my favor. Uh, but there's another like little funny incident about the tiny room. Because there was like a like most people that were there like knew each other and some swung away. And uh there was a they had put a lady in our detention room, if anybody remembers that, because uh I guess they had thought she was a male, so it was just like I am yeah, here with you guys <laughs> <laughs> And uh yeah, it was pretty awesome.
0: <laughs> One snuck through.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, idiots.
0: Oh my gosh. So did you guys I mean have you been out protesting since then?
3: Yeah. Here and there. We were, it was the, you have a question Jack?
0: Oh, I was just thinking, I mean, you could keep going, but I was also wondering like, what night was this in relation to uh, when Trump said tonight's MAGA night in the White House? Remember that? When he was like,
2: That was, oh God. That was Saturday. Oh, so MAGA night was Saturday. MAGA night
0: yeah. was Saturday. Was so it was the when d- he day before you said? Bunker.
2: Yeah, Saturday before it was MAGA night.
0: Okay. I missed that.
2: One. <laughs> so I
0: just cause like I remember seeing that tweet in the morning and just thinking like, oh man, Magonite's gonna get real, real bad.
2: <laughs> so like I, yeah. I had to Google it because I was like, what is Magonite? And then like there was some articles like, no one knows what Magonite no. really is. And I was like, okay, cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was like, whatever, you know, whatever he thinks it's gonna be, it's gonna be real bad. <laughs> because uh yeah that was like pr- that was i think one night it was after the first night of the dc protests, i think and he was like you know on twitter being like this the secret service handled them easily like uh
2: <laughs> yeah in his
3: bunker
0: yeah um yeah. okay so this was after that wow anyone have anything specific to add onto the story of this night
3: I mean, I. the only thing I have to say is that, like, between, like, people ch- accidentally misgendering cis people and then deliberately misgendering trans people and processing, making us sit in, like, fake classrooms uh, to like and enclosed vans and buses with ACs for like 12 plus hours like it, it was hard to tell like like what parts of this like are they humiliating us on purpose or is this just like pure incompetence right and I like, it's, it's probably a lot of both. Um, and like, when you think about like everyone, all, it was about 200 people outside of Raoul's house who got uh, arrested and processed that night. And we were all charged with violating curfew. It was like double parking is a worse offense. Yeah, You know, like, yeah. it, and we had helicopters hovering over us for hours with spotlights lit on us. It was, yeah. <laughs> a little over Yeah, reaction. that's
0: I have a question for you guys, maybe an ignorant one, but like so everybody's been donating to the bail funds. Do you think um did any of those bail funds like aid your protest? Or was there a DC bail fund and like what are those funds being used for, I guess, you know, to bail uh, out uh,
2: I think DC uh, yeah, that doesn't have cash bill yeah, oh, there we it doesn't go. have cash bail. Yeah,
1: it, it doesn't. DC does not have cash bail. So, I guess to talk about the charging process, yeah, they um, fingerprinted us, gave us um, what was essentially a citation for a misdemeanor, which is what violating curfew is. Um, and in that case, again, just to emphasize, like, and they would normally just write you a ticket. It's the same thing, like Michael said, it's basically like a parking violation. Um, So we got like a sheet of paper that says like misdemeanor. They wrote like violation of curfew. I think we all got court dates for October, but there's, DC doesn't have cash bail. We were never technically booked into any sort of jail. We were just like, again, like taken out to this facility and processed for it. Um, But yeah, DC doesn't have cash bail. So a lot of the organizations around here are doing more work with like the actual um, like youth groups defending the police stuff
0: got it that makes, i know that the cash bail sense. has
1: been really important in new york and atlanta and places like yeah
0: them. well also because i wondered too like the way that they're processing you i feel like even if there was cash bail and you needed it like they might have made it intentionally hard like i can't imagine somebody showing up that night and being like i want to bail out my friend and it being an easy thing
1: no and you know? no, no. yeah a lot of people didn't even know where we were i mean yeah my family didn't know i was out that night um and blue Plains as Brandon said is really far outside of like the actual place where people in DC usually live um nobody like a knew where it 30 was 30 minute drive
3: yeah it yeah. was and like when they released us from the center we were just let out in this parking lot and what was like technically southwest DC if you're familiar with the area but on somehow also on the Anacostia side of the river in a way where you're just like it's like survivor and you just have to figure out your way back to civilization. And like some people are let out at 3am and they're like, if I ask somebody to pick me up, they, I make them violate curfew. Like what the fuck do I do yeah. here?
0: Yeah. it's That's weird that it's a, that was a common theme between cities. Cause in LA, my friends who got arrested for some reason, they had to like sit around and then they drove them to Westwood, which is, I mean, I don't expect you to know where that is, but it's like, by UCLA at like the edge of the city. They went, took them from downtown to like this random place that you would only go to if you go to UCLA and are a student, which is like an hour. And then yeah. they were there for a minute and then they like just drove them back on a bus and then like put them in another downtown LA facility. So it's just like they bust them to Westwood for seemingly no reason, just drove them <laughs> to some exactly. weird part and then turned around.
3: That's crazy.
0: I know. It's like, why? why... Any of it, my gosh! I don't know. Do is there anything else you guys want to add or tack on? I mean, I definitely want to hear, you know, whatever you guys want to say and plug as well.
4: Yeah. Also, weren't like weren't you guys that got arrested? Like, weren't they like using you guys as training for like rookie cops?
3: Oh wow! Um, yeah. No, there was yeah. like the guy who booked me or was like processing me didn't even ask me for my license.
2: uh One of the rookies that was like with the group, we we're like, how are we going to get back? He's like. Uh, you can walk on the highway, I guess. And I was
3: like, yeah. uh, that was that insane. like
2: that's super illegal. My dude,
0: <laughs> like, my God, I'm not even sure, uh, what else to ask. This is, um, it's a crazy story. Also that the fact that you guys were just didn't know each other before that and have met through this, you know, four of you or three of you arrested, one of you made it into the house, a stranger's home, very bizarre. So, did you guys go out and protest late other nights?
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I'm, some people
4: that were in the house, like literally, like that morning, walked out of the house and like went to back to the White House. Oh like, wow! To continue protesting, um, and I get it. Like, like I mean, like I, I, like some people were like just so pissed about what happened that they felt like they had to protest.
0: What's the landscape of protests in D.C. right now? Like, is it um, kept the energy going?
4: yeah so i I went i I went two nights ago and it was a smaller crowd but i think it was which was i think it was it was a different experience because it was like there were like more organizers there like um giving speeches and stuff which was like cool to see it more like formatted and like have like more of a message being delivered um like i think like different it's it's, like from my experience seems like different the different types of protests have like different purposes and just like seem more educational also, they built, like, this giant fence around Lafayette Park, um, which, like, basically, like, puts made the distance between the protesters and the White House um, even longer. And um, as a response, protesters, like, put up posters on the fence. They were going to tear the fence down. I think they tore it down, like, last night. So we, we took the posters off the fence and, like, started, like, putting them around the city. Um, and that was, like, a really cool experience because, like, You know, it's like one thing to like, like scream at the White House, um, which is definitely cathartic. But it was also cool to like put up messages around places where like people like work and and live and stuff.
3: Yeah. They're already taking that fence down. But I think I I read somewhere that people are from the Smithsonian are taking some of that art and they're preparing it to be like put into the Museum of African American History. So that's that's pretty awesome. Right. Because I mean, like before, like you, you're all participating in this and seeing this happen and you're like, yeah, this is history. But like you hear about that and you're like, Oh, this is like history, history, you know? That
0: is mean? crazy. And not only that, but they're like the Smithsonian's like walking outside, <laughs> like going like down and retrieving <laughs> what will be artifacts, you know? Yeah. That's, that's pretty amazing actually. I love um, that. Wow. Um, Anyone have anything else they want to add?
1: I would just say, in terms of the trajectory of the protests since Monday night, is something maybe we could speak on. Um, like I said, there was a really heavily militarized presence in DC, and I think kind of still continues to be. Like I said, because we don't have the same sort of state government that everywhere else in the U.S. has. Um, but you saw, I think, Kamala exact day, um, for some reason, finally invoking like the Third Amendment um, and pulling some troops out, which was a very a funny day I guess but I think there's been a trajectory that DC has made really stark that you're seeing in other states too which is the kind of um attempt to maybe co-opt some of the very um palpable energy around these protests um and this movement into more um like existing government structures so i think the best example of that is that we all got arrested monday night um that was june 1st june 3rd they lift the curfew um entirely um which i do think was in response to the kind of mass arrest they like i think made it later and then lifted it um and then friday when people woke up we saw that um mayor bowser had um commissioned A piece of street art that was um, just black lives matter painted down i think um, what 16th and k which Mm -hmm. then um i saw many many liberals were making a big deal about trump being able to see it from the white house um i think there was a pretty good pretty swift response from um black Lives matter dc and a lot of other um abolition and anti-police groups in dc pointing out that that literally did nothing um i think they also made a black lives matter plaza which um it was Street art is good. I have nothing against street art, but I think the response from activists pretty quickly was that it was performative um, and unhelpful um, if no one was going to actually pledge to do anything. But I think that's really representative of kind of a trend we're seeing across the country, which is um, a lot of these liberal mayors and governments are trying to meet sort of aesthetic demands um, or um, incorporate like Talks about like I see I see you I hear your pain, um, but not actually pledging to do anything. There's been a lot of backlash against actually um, promising to take money away from the police, um, and I think I think as you've seen, people are still showing up. But Saturday was more like a I think a street party than a protest. I saw when I went down to 16th and K. I mean, yeah. we've all been out i've yeah. been out pretty frequently but it was very much like someone set up a bunch of speakers they were like food vendors um
0: when the food trucks come that's like <laughs>
1: yeah it was a very different vibe yeah. from being like flash banged and arrested monday night yeah it was really i was, quick I was kind of a
2: little bitter about saturday i was like what the fuck is this <laughs> <was> like,
4: <laughs> yeah i felt the same way too <laughs> yeah it felt like there were a lot of people there like patting themselves on the back for being there yeah but, like kind of forgetting why they were there in the first place
2: exactly yeah. Uh, I work on Fourteenth and U, which is like a super, like busy spot of the city. And uh, after like there was like a go-go band that left, and we saw margaritas out the window, and like we were just so busy that I was like, "Did you guys come for the protest or the margaritas? Like, what's going on?" Like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. you know, everybody of course needs a day to like blow steam off, but it seemed more of just like a weird, weird party. I was just like, it's not even close to being done yet, but that's, that's how these things go. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Hey, well, um, before I let you guys go, I want each of you to take a turn giving uh, any kind of plugs you want to, um, anything you want the listeners to check out or even your own social handles or both. I don't know if, uh, Brandon, you want to start?
2: Uh, yeah, sure. So I sing this band law boys, uh, loudboysdc.com or like a dc punk band uh dc hardcore forever hell yeah you know anything that is like associated with black lives matter i would suggest that that get plugged as well sorry i don't remember anything off the top of my head um but yeah that's where i'm at right now
0: awesome beatrice
1: um sure uh I guess if, if anyone wants, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at John Toad, which is just a spoonerism of Tom Joe, because I think toad is a funny word. I would plug that, please read a book, everybody. I know that there's been a lot of articles passed around that's like how to be anti-racist or like uh, trying to centering like white people. I think the best thing you could do is, I don't know, read some Angela Davis. Our Prison's Obsolete is a really easy place to start. The book is an easy read. She's a great writer. That'll be my recommendation get plugged in locally um i think there are a bunch of orgs in dc um black lives matter dc has a chapter um no justice no pride is organizing a lot of events um because june is pride month um and there's there's a lot of good groups like that that you can find on twitter you can find around that i would recommend following their twitter accounts kind of plugging in locally
3: uh michael sure so um i would say i other everyone's that's a lot of great things already. The only other one I have is Bay Them Collective is another uh, like LGBTQ orgs that's doing a lot of like intersectional stuff with uh, uh, Black Lives Matter here in D.C. So definitely look into them. They've got some fundraisers too. Uh, don't follow me on Twitter, uh, but I, I do encourage people to... There's like a lot of convos about like uh, making your parents less racist or whatever and like i think that's important but like in this moment i think we do have a weird amount of leverage and uh, an opportunity here to, to like actually force uh local lawmakers to change the way we uh budget for police so look into uh defund mpd.org. uh beatrice linked that to us recently and that's like a really cool thing for if you're a, in the area but defund12.org also has like a master list of like email templates and things you can use to petition lawmakers in wherever you are and also just bully your nice lib friends into joining you basically because like they're they're this close you know you can like radicalize your dad at thanksgiving like whenever but like this is your chance to like make everyone else like get in line and like help us like stop like shit like this from happening.
4: Yeah, I, I don't have anything uh personal to plug, but um I wanted to um highlight like a couple of the links I sent you, Jack, were like groups started by or run by people um who are at Swan Street. So um bartenders against racism, they've been like at protests, um, giving people like water and like like electrolyte things and like other stuff, which is like I don't know why like it's like wild that this kind of thing has to be like self-funded, but so bartenders against racism. um, And the other one is stop police terror DC. That's also another group that um, someone I met at Swan street um, was a part of. So um, definitely check those two links out.
0: Excellent. Yeah. I'll put those in the description of this too. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for telling the story. I don't know any final words of advice for the listeners who are interested in getting involved.
2: Don't be afraid to get arrested. It's going to happen. If you go out enough, uh, shut up, don't talk, don't say anything
3: yeah yeah it's uh the working with the police is like opposite day just like do everything that isn't what they're telling you essentially
4: (laughs) yeah if you can shelter people inside your home uh try and try and do so most people out protesting are there for a good reason so Yeah, raul
0: hell yeah
3: (laughs) shout out to raul
0: yeah shout out to raul (laughs) thank you guys so much for uh telling the story
3: Thank you, Jack, for oh, having
2: Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. So Love the show.